Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. And if you see me sitting up sometime, uh, I slouch sometimes. All right. So, so Dave is starting off today with confessions about slouching. Welcome to Impossible Live. And that reminds me, let's all check in. Let's do the stretch. Let's make sure we have something to hydrate. Anyway, behind the scenes, Dave has the most incredible energy. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you and welcome you all to Impossible Live. And Dave, thanks for joining us. And welcome back if you're joining us, if you're if you're returning to join us. And thank you for resharing our event, for inviting others to lean in and join us. And just for the privilege of your company today. One of the things we love to do to start and kick up and kick off with is by letting you know how we picked today's topic. I had fun last week though, of mixing it up, but talking with Dave, there's so many different topics we could have picked today. We agree that trust is really important and we look at it from opposite angles. And we agree that integrity is important. And I think Dave may call that fidelity while I call it integrity. That's right. And we agree leadership is critical and building those skills and talents that we need. And Dave has a formula behind the word gap. So without further ado, let's let Dave get Dave. Let's tell us more about your gems and anybody who's joining us. Let us know where you're joining from and what's one thing we can help you with in between our possible lives. So I'm joining you from Tucson, Arizona. Um, I am Dr. Dave A. Cornelius and affectionately called Dr. Dave. I'm an executive and organizational coach, learning facilitator. I do a lot of lean agile certification training. You know, a lot of my partnerships is with uh, leaders and their teams, you know, for-profit startup, nonprofit organization, just helping them to deliver their level of awesomeness that meets their goals. Um, one of my great passion is being a, a community contributor. So I've also founded a, a meet a meetup and a conference called Agile for Humanity that really supports the BIPOC community because it's just creating a space where people could have a voice in the product and technology space. Um, I've also founded the five Saturdays and that's the number five Saturdays, um, it's a STEM program that empowers underestimated high school students to pursue knowledge and careers in the STEM field. Um, I was really lucky to have received a, a letter of acknowledgement from our 44th president, uh, President Barack Obama, for the STEM work. Um, I stay busy, so I've written about nine books that's available on Amazon.com. Um, I also have several articles that's published on Forbes.com. And um, I'm a podcaster. I love podcasting. So I have a podcast called Now Share with Dr. Dave. And you could find that in Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google, and many other places. And important thing is that I'm a husband and I'm a dad. And I have a, a eight-year-old grandson called Aiden. Um, his name is Aiden. Yeah. So, I mean, what people could help me with. Um, I said, cheer me on. You know, send me great positive vibes. Because... I like to live in that space of gratitude, you know, where 
I'm always thankful for every opportunity that comes my way and every person that comes into my life that contributes in whatever way they do. So, you know, that's where I stand um, in terms of so what is what is one thing, you know, send me some positive vibes, send great wishes. And, and so that's what I look forward to is positive energy. How's that? That was so amazing that I'm having fun looking at some some of the hearts and flowers that you can't see and, and the celebratory stuff, Dave. So Yay. thank you so much. And while Dave is screenshotted, he's got a cool QR code behind him at the moment. You know, when you have a chance, zoom in and 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 check out some of his goodies and, and send him some more great vibes that way. But I really love what you said about the focus on family. And I have a question. And it's maybe off topic today. That's and right. Dave and I had a pleasure also of meeting in Bryn Tillman's amazing social sales link community. Dave, you mentioned lean agile. Can you define that for some of us who might not have had the opportunity yet? So, so lean agile is, is I, I want to frame it in ways of working, the way we work, the way, and, and is, is one context. The other context is the mindset. So when we think about when I say lean, agile, you know, practices, we're, we're trying to do things together. We're trying to do things which would what I call shorter feedback loops. So instead of planning for a whole year, how about if we plan um, two weeks, every two weeks for a whole year, right? You know, and, and that comes out to what, about 26 different um, opportunities, right? To, to really inspect and adapt and change um wherever we're going so so that's what lean agile is and the whole lean thing was started in the united states exported to japan and toyota if anyone heard of the toyota production system lean has was was made really popular there and you know then reimported back into the united states after it was started here in the us um and the agile stuff is is really it, it speaks to flexibility Right, and our ability to um, inspect and adapt when we're doing work, you know. So one thing that I, I play with a lot, you know, even in my own life, is, is that my life, even though I may have a vision, I have every two weeks I have an increment of value that I have to deliver. Sometimes I get as small as one week, sometimes I get as small as three days. So I make these small feedback loops so I can start seeing progress in my life because it sucks sitting there for a whole year or longer waiting for something to get done when you could see three days or one week or two weeks. Um, it really changed your mindset on, and it gives you opportunity to be flexible in, in the journey. So, so that's what I, I teach and I coach and, and I do a lot of that work in, you know, for really large companies in the United States and beyond. That's cool. I really love the flexibility aspect and also the smaller increments. I'm a fan of feed forward. Mm -hmm. rather than feedback so that we keep maybe focusing our lens kind of in that future that future zone or lane one of the things also that i really love about that is that it's mm, acknowledging the need to keep looking at something in small increments for because maybe your focus changes maybe your attention changes maybe your team changes or or your goals or your budget or your perception changes. And it really, I, I think it offers some great opportunities to really lean in and cheer on the wins or the ahas in maybe 
in shorter increments because we could all say we all really need that and especially in our leadership or our life journeys <laughs> and, hey, i just want to say that's why we like all those little clicks that says likes and emojis of hearts right it's it's short feedbacks for us so sorry for interrupting no you're not interrupting at all and you're reminding me i have to reach out to richard lopez uh richard had a great blog on emojis and we had done a live on emojis and you're reminding me i need to reach out to richard hey richard if you're listening i'm i'm, I'm heading your way and uh i want to thank you for reminding me of that so i'll definitely make the note so it'll end up on the 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 done list shortly which is fabulous what that's right to i'm sorry I said, that's right, get on the doneness. Getting things done is beautiful. I have a tendency to do it with notes. Um, you know, there's always a pen nearby, whether I look like I'm writing or not, it's the teacher's kid. And as I laugh, Richard's name is now on a piece of paper with a box around it. So if there's a word and there's a symbol next to it, it activates some sort of action plan. I'd love Dave to, to dive into trust a little bit and I know we've got different backgrounds on this, different ways we approach this, and especially whether we're approaching it personally or you're approach, approaching it professionally. But but what is what is what is trust to you? Can can we start there and and start slower? <laughs> um, for sure, uh, for sure. Uh, you, you know, one thing is like I've done lots of research and read lots of stuff about trust, um, and in my definition. To me, trust has three parts. Right? The, the first part, it's, it speaks to empathy. Right? That's the very first part. You know, uh, Can I really have empathy for the other person? Because as that person is depending on me to get something done or to provide some value, then I should have some empathy. Um, the second part of trust that I look at is it's capability. Do I have the capability to actually do what people are asking? And it's it could be anything, right? Do, do I have the capability to bring someone lunch or dinner or build some digital product software? Do I have that capability, right? And and, and the last part of it is that, you know, can I meet the commitment, right? Because some oftentimes trust has a big ask. Can I meet the commitment? So I have three parts, right? So we, we look at the, the very simple part that's like, hey, do I have empathy for the, that individual? Do I have the capability, right? And then, you know, can I meet the commitment? And many people have defined uh, trust in many different ways, but recently, right? I mean, as we're, I was playing around, um, I started talking about trust fidelity. Right, trust fidelity, and and really, what we're talking about is right the degree to which someone acts consistently with our expectations and demonstrate trustworthiness. So, trust fidelity, right? Because we have varying degrees of trust. You know, there's some people I would, you know, hand over my, my bank account with, and there's some people I just won't even consider that. So, so those are the varying degrees of trust fidelity when we're talking about. You know the, the way we we you know, the amount of trust that we could give them. How's how does that sound to you? That's kind of that's kind of an interesting approach. I definitely agree with you in the sense of the two way street of it. So Yvette Bethel, who helped me get certified in 
trust styles mm -hmm. and in as a trusted leader really helped me understand and explore the different levels of trust the reminder that it's uh it's almost like a, a multi-lane highway or intersection so that there's a lot of factors and i love what you're saying because you're reminding me that observation is a big part of it because sometimes those observations are shared otherwise in environments where maybe people aren't feeling as safe or comfortable to express themselves or they're in some sort of uh, challenging culture or they don't necessarily trust the leader of the yeah. team they don't really express those i think that's why the integrity piece of of how Yvette really helped me break down the pillars reminds me of the importance of that that it's not just how others see us but it's really how we see ourselves because sure. otherwise it's we need to locate the energy to be willing to create a trust opportunity we need to be willing to have a relationship with someone or a degree of involvement so i love your resilience part of it kind of the can i make the commitment i, I really enjoy that question from a sense of kind of tuning into your core because sometimes in a work or life situation we don't have a chance to really ask that before someone asks something of us so i i really love what you're saying there yeah and and so there's i just i just did a poll I just to share with that, I just did a poll to talk about trust fidelity and got about 50 people who responded back on LinkedIn. So I want to say thank you to those individuals and thank you because I know you were probably one of the, the respondents um, for this. But when I think of trust fidelity and, and the way we framed it out, it wasn't just my idea. It, it also some of the wording um, came from, you know, the group that you talked about with Bryn's uh, group. You know, it's like the highest level is that absolutely you know high trust and i even added to that always you know because i just trust that team always or those individuals high trust and then we have trust but verify which is medium trust and the third is the which if i look at it in a pyramid at the bottom i wish i could which is low trust so what happens in on each one of those different layers Right. In high trust, you know, individuals and teams under, you know, under that view are unencumbered by the weight of having autonomy. They have autonomy to go and get things done. You don't have to go tell them to do it. They meet that commitment. They have that empathy. They have the capability. With trust but verify. Now, what, what's happening is that we're verifying you know, certain things that those individuals do. And, and it could be nothing more than a simple thing, like those individuals provide some level of metric that we could measure the value that they're providing, right? And, and so we're just looking at, hey, can we just be steady? And, and, you know, in terms of what value you bring to the table, medium trust. And then I wish I could is what we call low trust, you know, and I, I just pulled this out and I wrote this, that trust flickers like a dying ember struggling to ignite the warmth of confidence right at that very bottom i wish i could uh, and and so those are the three levels that that we you know ran that poll and and it's interesting that uh the outcome that that came back is that 17 percent said absolutely always high trust um 78 also said trust but verify medium trust 
And then we have 2% that says, I wish I could, which is low trust. And so you can see that most people are in the trust but verify space, you know, of who participated in that poll. But you can see it's, it's, it's layers of trust. That's the fidelity that we're talking about. Um, are you measuring it professionally, personally, yeah. or both? All of, all of the above. All of the above, because the individuals weren't just, you know, weren't just my uh, corporate, you know, partners. There were also individuals who were not uh, corporate partners. And and so I, I would, if I ran another experiment, whether it's a, a different group of people, the results may be different, but based on this poll, this is what the results was. Well, thanks for sharing it through the lens of consistency, because sometimes I think in the process of going through a trust journey, one of the things that I was able to discover in, in working on two certification projects was that it's not always consistent. Yeah. Like one of the things in, in the way Yvette Bethel of Organizational Soul helped me think about it was in terms of if you're, depending on our generation or our lifestyle or our culture, some of us aren't necessarily in the emotional intelligence age. Some aren't there yet. They're having a challenge maybe measuring or navigating their own emotions to be able to ask those questions like, the, can I meet the commitment? That might be a, a, a nail biter or a lip biter for some. And I, I think it's interesting in terms of your poll because Yvette helped me with the lens of deep connected trust to intense distrust using sure. one of her fabulous tools and it measures the different levels. So there's a trust sequence, there's a distrust sequence. I like that your poll has the optimism in there uh, because some in our conversations and in my presentations have shared the feedback that trust is not something they see in their daily life. It's not something that um, I guess that they see in a consistent basis in others. And the real reminder in some cases, some people are like, I can trust myself. That's why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the high achiever. I, I, I'm the go-getter. I'm, I'm the driver of this. And sometimes I think in solo entrepreneurship, that can come kind of lead into almost what I would call one of the trust myths which is we forget to do the check-in to really see how we feel about something or to communicate it with others. And that's one of the things I think that I really, mm, our trust journey taught me was that in situations where I didn't feel safe or when I was working with teams where someone maybe appeared to be loyal, but they really didn't feel safe. There was something else happening in the background that they weren't really expressing to other team members or to the leaders. There was something else going on and we needed to dive into that. So I think that's the part that really, for me, is underscoring. It's not always consistent. That person who shows up at the same time every day sometimes might have an education or a background that leads to FaceTime as I appear to show up, I'm appearing to share your goals. I'm appearing to really dive deep into company projects. I look like the contributor. And then underneath sometimes maybe a closer look is needed. 
and, and I do, I, I agree. None of us are consistently anything, right? We're as human beings. It's, it's just a fact, you know, there, there are some days that, you know, we get up and we're, yeah, we're winning. And some days we just get up and we're like, ah, oh. that's just the reality of life. But in order to, to allow trust, trust to me is not a thing that just sits out there on its own, especially when you're, you're thinking of it in the context of working as a team, working with leadership. I believe that trust fits into the generative adaptive practice gap, right? That is a, a practice and a set of tenets that I've designed that for continuous growth and improvement, increased engagement, uh, innovation, and, and, and also just productive teams. So when I think of trust, it is one of the tenets of the generative adaptive practice, the gap tenets. So can I tell you what the eight are? Would this be a good time? It would be, but one question I want to ask in generative um, adaptive practice, where's the communication part of it? So can I, the way, if you're, if you're a leader or coach, like I am an executive coach and I'm working with teams, there's some level of training that takes place as one context, but the tenets itself enables you to have the level of communication and also the evaluation of what's really going on. Right. I mean, I, uh, it's just one of those things that, and and so I'm going to try and and drop the the eight tenants in in the the comments just for the, just if if that's possible. I don't know. Is it possible that I could do it that? It definitely is. Mm -hmm. It's definitely possible, and I can also capture them and and reshare okay. them for you. So so okay, I'm going to throw it in a private chat. Um, and here you go. Bing done. The, okay. The okay. So, I mean, if you look at those eight different tenets, you know, speaking with an abundance, starting off with an abundance mindset, right, that is one level of communication that you would have with your team or an individual. Right? The second part of that is that we focus on we, which I said, we is willing and enabled, right? The person is willing and we have, as a leader, we're giving them the ability, right, to, to do certain type of work. And then the, the part that we're talking about, we trust you to achieve our goals, is the part that we're talking about, trust fidelity. It's one of the tenets, right? We trust you because I have an abundance mindset and you're willing, the commitment part of where we talk about trust and also the enablement that as a leader, that I may have some resource to get you trained. I may have some resource to have some, some workshops for us to get together. That's part of the communication part that's taking place. The fourth is like we win and lose as a team. One team, one dream. You're starting to see the reframing of the context and the relationship that you're having with those individuals in terms of building trust. It's not, trust doesn't happen you know, willy-nilly. It takes work. You know, and then so the fifth that I tenant, well, I said partner and have conversations to learn more. So if I have external partners that's supporting us, or even internal partners, I want to have conversations to learn what's going on with them. You know, why don't why aren't we having trust? Why, why isn't a trust walk stronger? You know, how can we improve our trust walk? That's part of the process. Number six is really important. 
when I say run the experiment and evaluate the hypothesis, because we have tons of hypotheses that we make and we, we assume certain things will happen, but let's run the experiment. When, it, when we, you talked about lean agile and doing shorter increments, this is the experiment we're talking about, that I could run something and I could evaluate that hypothesis that if I build a certain product as, a, as an entrepreneur, we're gonna make $10 million, right? That's a hypothesis. I could run a smaller increment and says, you know, we made $100,000. You know, how do we get there? The evaluation of the hypothesis. Number seven, what did we learn from failure to grow? Really important. What did we learn from failure to grow? Right? This is that abundance mindset that it's okay. That failure is a learning opportunity. And we should learn from that. And the final one is fun and joy. Teams that have fun and, and get joy out of the work, they're far more productive. And I've seen that in team over teams, co companies over companies, working in with NGOs and nonprofits and seeing that those, this eight elements, these eight tenants that I speak of enables trust to grow exponentially. So I, I just wanted to, to, to share that with you and your audience to, to say that Trust is not something you do in a vacuum. It, it, it requires a lot of work and having something like the generative adaptive practice, um, those tenants, the gap tenants, really enable that. And, you know, the word generative means to give life, right? So I, I just wanted to sh make sure that we, we, we see this in, in a broader context uh, as, as we talk about trust fidelity and we talk about gap tenants. So... I hope we're Thanks. definitely seeing it. And thanks, Roz Clark and Leslie George for popping in and for your incredible sort support of Impossible Lives. I think it's a lot, David, to my amount a mouthful. And I almost was about to copy the private chat into our LinkedIn chat, but I want to copy them one by one. So sure. for those of you joining us live and popping in later for a replay, check into the comments of the chat and I'll definitely put Abe's. Dave's eight, what would you like me to call them? Principles, practices? It's called the generative adaptive uh, practice, gap tenants. Okay, so eight tenants. Okay. So I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna put the, the wording exactly in, in our private chat so that uh there you go. I appreciate that and, and thanks as as uh as as always as Dave is going deep. One of the things too, Dave for leaders who aren't looking at flexible environments in a sense of maybe maybe it's a manufacturing company, maybe they've got systems and processes that are already predetermined possibly by other leaders, possibly without mm, a lot of feed forward as I would say from the employees who are actually using them every day. Where would you suggest that they start Where's the where's the where's the beginning? I know we have eight tenants. Do we start with number one and yes. we finish with number eight, or do we balance? I would say start with number one because number one would enable us to lean into some of the lean practices that already exist in manufacturing. Right? I mean, that's where it started with the Toyota production system, right? I mean, so an abundance mindset is part of the lean habits. So, so that's where I would start. That sounds good. And, and the second one was focus on we, willing and enabled. The willing is really clear. 
and can you talk to us a little bit about the enabled part? Well, sure. As a leader, whether you're an assigned leader, VP, or I am an emergent leader, right? I'm pursuing moving forward. Enablement could come either from me going out and learning stuff like you and I do, or enablement could come from someone funding our training. Hmm. So, so from a leadership perspective, it's like I'm emerging, so I am going to go and enable myself. You know, I, I wanted to get a doctorate, so I went and enabled myself. I pursued that, right? I wanted to write books, so I enabled myself to learn how to do that. You know, I wanted to get on Forbes. Um, I enabled myself to be able to write some articles that fits there. But someone else could have funded, and people have funded certain knowledge and the capabilities that I have, um, and they enabled me. So that's what we're looking at. I'm willing, and there's an enablement that's going to allow me to get greater capabilities, upskilling, right? Th those different things that we talk about in, in our modern um, organization today. So so while we're on the knowledge part, and really, we're, we're really, we're definitely in the always be learning club. So I want, right. I, want, I want to thank you for having a chapter meeting with me today. And Dave, the now share, tell me, tell me how you named your company. Um, knowledge share is, is what knowledge share stands for, right? And so I'm a learning facilitator. I am, I'm always sharing knowledge with whether it's people in as my my clients, you know. Um, I spin up my my uh, my meetup or, or my conferences um, that I partner with others to do. Um, it, it's the five Saturdays STEM program, so it's always knowledge sharing. I'm always trying to help people to grow, but but it's not just one way. It comes back to I learned so much from from individuals. I learned a lot from you. We've met, you know, in the, in the short amount of time that, that we've met, I've consumed lots of different types of knowledge from you, people that you've introduced me to. To me, that's all part of, of knowledge sharing, right? I mean, allowing me to have this audience today is is part of knowledge sharing. So that's where knowledge share comes from. So basically opening up our doors, our hearts, our minds, Spirit. our resources, the and really also the process of, of, of kind of showing up. I think one of the interesting parts when I started really exploring trust, I started exploring it because of Yvette Bethel mentioning trust styles at an emotional intelligence conference. And I have a beta course and style is the first module. And I appreciate it because somebody who attended one of my master classes on style, she said, you mentioned style can be the hard part to start when you're creating connections to scale. And I said, yeah, there's so many styles. People aren't necessarily sure, hmm, unless we're feeling totally supported or we are always showing up as present and genuine. We don't always share all of those styles. And it depends on the environment and also whether you're the leader, the facilitator, you're the attendee, you're you're a stakeholder, you're just a guest, you're a volunteer. It depends on your role, really, what style maybe you'd bring to the table. And I think because of that, I really enjoy the adaptive part of your gap. The reminder that the flexibility is necessary because we're not necessarily sure in certain settings as people's roles change as culture changes, as our fragile world shows cues of whether it's safe to show up, whether mm, this is not the best time, 
whether it's something to address privately or publicly, I really think that's why the adaptive part is, is, is really important. I do like one of your tenants, I think it, you'll say it's probably the sixth one, about run the experiment and evaluate the hypothesis. Yeah. I don't think there's enough time sometimes in certain environments, possibly hmm, number of hours in the day, uh, or uh, whether we have uh, feasibility committees or, or, or think tanks or focus groups to kind of flesh out the debrief part. I think sometimes that's the part that in teams, and I noticed that in events too, a lot of times people don't debrief afterwards. Yeah. They attend the event, they collect the information, they they shake the hands, they set up the display, they unpack, they totally relax and chill out afterwards. And then the overwhelm sits in. And somehow in that process, the debrief part doesn't happen as early as it could be. So uh, let, let me, is it okay for me to just share, you know, my experiences with this context? Be because it's, a, a total what we call a mindset shift that happens within the organization to behave this way. This is a practice. This becomes a habit. And so, you know, I like I said, I work with Fortune 50 companies down to startups. And once they start to get into this type of this type of practice of working in this way, it becomes a thing that they do every day. Right? There are just different things that they do every day. Like, hey, yeah, I ran an experiment yesterday. And um, as part of the practice that I knew that I had to evaluate. So here, let me share this back with the group and can I have some feedback, right? That is what we're, we're talking about, the shift that's taking part in the organization. It's not a bunch of stuff that sits on the wall. This is a practice every day that you, you come to, to work. And even when you you go home, you know, I was like, people go, God, you're like this lean, agile, practice kind of guy. Yes, I am this lean, agile, practice kind of guy because it makes my life easy and simple to be able to, you know what? I don't know if I could accomplish that, but you know, can I run a smaller slice of that? And then let me figure out if I'm running that slice, how will I know that I'm successful? That's also part of the question. Right. So each one of these tenets have a, a series of things that you do to make sure that you're achieving, you know, the out the, the intent of, of that tenant itself. So I, I just wanted to share that with you. What I've seen with, you know, fairly large companies and fairly small companies that people who are doing this practice, they're being rather successful in the work and they're learning. That's fantastic. So I had asked before where the communication part, basically you have it built in through the entire gap process. That's right. And it's at every stage and it's in between in kind stage. of like that peanut yeah. butter and jelly. You know, I remember in the beginning when I was uh, first starting with outlining the course, I kept saying communication was a step that was in between almost as if it was a seven or eight or nine layer cake. Fortunately now, I have that cake down to five critical elements. So, but the, the I love what you're saying about the communication part because I think that's where people get stuck. People are at different levels of mm, we enter organizations, we're onboarded, and what that process is like for your newcomers or for people maybe whose roles are changing. Maybe you have a part timer who's now going full time. Maybe you have somebody who was on family medical leave and they're now re-emerging. 
that the the focus part really can continue to change in it. And I think that's the part in the beginning where I felt the gap was that maybe there's no set manual or guidelines of what the current experiments are. And in a sense, you would say of what, what questions are we looking to answer for? And what questions would we like answered today, next month? I think that's the interesting part of your approach of the lean agile, because what we're measuring this first quarter may change in the middle, yeah. how we measure it, who's measuring it, why they're measuring it. And I love it from a, a conversation I'm about to have with an amazing referral. They're really exciting because they're modifying a current project for a different marketplace. So the, the process of watching the experimentation, the exploration, really enjoying that, especially from the creative perspective. One of the things I want to say too, Dave, go ahead. No, go ahead. You Go ahead. No, you go, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to, to also say that as you're talking about course courses, you know, these tenants are realized through a course. It's not, like I said, it's not a monument that you stick up on a wall somewhere and you, you go, let's read this every day. In order for you to get into the abundance mindset, you know, one of the things that I bring bring forward is this thing called Ubuntu. Ubuntu is, is that African term that says, I am because we are. And we talk about it in principles and values. So when I think of the Ubuntu principles of having an abundance mindset, I said, I see you, I value you, and I welcome you, right? I could practice that, right? Can I practice that? Can you practice that? Seeing someone, valuing them, and welcoming them into your space, that's part of the abundance mindset. And those are the three principles. Then you go over to the values, right? And so one of the, the four values when we talk about Ubuntu is is that we want partnership. We want resilience together. Um, I, I wanted to be able to have patience and kindness with you. And that translates into the word called love. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? Patience and kindness. So I'm just giving you a context of it's, it's, we have to practice these things on a daily basis to be able to effectively lead our teams and lead ourselves through the journey of, of really understanding this. So behind these eight tenets, there's a series of, of exercises and things that you do to enable you to realize the fact that I could have an abundance mindset because you just don't sit down and just have it. I really am appreciating that from the perspective of it's one of my favorite uh, Bible verses. Oh, and I love Leslie. Thank you, always. Leslie has... I love that. My company's pillars are on the rise. Recognize, inspire, support, and educate. Leslie, I adore you and 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 your mosaic nation of co-elevators. Gotta come, we gotta find a, a a good Leslie day that works for her <laughs> schedule for her to come and for her to come and join us. And maybe we'll pick another day for Leslie for an impossible live for this busy, amazing author and uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, ah, trailblazer. I'm, I'm going to call her, but wow. I love that. Leslie, actually I'm putting the company pillars up because boy, you bringing me joy by, by seeing them. I think 
one of the interesting parts, and, and Dave calls them values, is, and I appreciate that, I'm reminded in the trust work with Yvette and conversations with others, those pillars, we don't always share those. We don't always communicate those. In some cases, some may encounter a, a fear of expression uh, in crowded markets. I reminded of an amazing member of Leslie's community of Charlene Brown, who reminds us really guard and keep an eye on our intellectual property in this process. Because Dave has also shown us with nine books, and I'm gonna have to tease him because Dave, I wonder how long it'll take you to reach the number ten. You know, but I think I already know. I already know what it is, and so I'll just tell you that I, I am. Uh you know, writing a book about my great grandmother. And so her birthday is November 5th. No, her birthday is November 1st. I was confusing her with my, one of my sisters. Her birthday is November 1st. So the intent is to have that memoir finished and published by November 1st of 2024, right? That's um, amazing. Do you self-publish? Yes. I. You know, I really enjoy the, pub, the, the process of it, to me, it reminds me of cooking, right? I mean, it's like getting in there and putting all the ingredients and maybe I'll, let me add a spice, spring sprinkle of this or that. That's totally not cookie cutter. So I love self-publishing. I, I love, I'm a creative person, I'm a musician. So I love bringing that aspect um, to the things that I'm creating. And I don't always want someone to always tell me that I can't do that. So I love self-publishing. That sounds that sounds amazing. And Leslie's cheering you on already. I love it too, because you reminds me, I enjoy the part of the alchemy of it, the mixing it up, the helping others create and elevate their blend so that others can see them and they're not the best kept secret. Whether yeah. it's an organization, an entrepreneur, and in many cases, we remember things in bullet points by acronyms, but also by the problems others help us solve. I I'm really excited too because Leslie's gonna help me get my bestseller out in, in the world. I, I realized I needed a book doula, not just a coach and somebody with an amazing mindset to kind of guide me through the journey in a way that really fits that acronym of what Leslie, what Leslie said, the, we need inspiration. And yeah. hopefully this is inspiring others to take some steps to explore trust on their own terms, at yeah. their own pace, and within their own organizations or within smaller subcultures so that you can really explore. And we can make our fragile world a little bit safer to live in. Dave, where can people find you? And so are your books all on Amazon? They're all on Amazon. Okay. And, and you know, you could get it as a print. You could get it as, if you want to, if you love my voice, you can get it in Audible. <laughs> and it's also Kindle available. So I, I make sure that, you know, my books, I, I, I do my own audio recording. So I make sure that's all available, you know, based on all of me, the whole person of Dr. Dave. And that's what most people call me. So you could find my books on Amazon. Um, also, 
you could find a nolshare.org. That's K-N-O-L, share.org. Um, that's where I have a lot of my courses. I have like on-demand courses that you could take um, as well. Um, or you could go to davecornelius.us. Um, it's, it's, that's, so I, I have tons of websites, but those, those are my two core sites. We could go to Nalshore or davecornelius.us and you could, you know, learn about, you know, just the, the journey that I've been on, you know, throughout life. Well, I appreciate you putting in today and sharing with us a little piece of your trust journey, yeah. your gap journey, yep. your integrity journey, your leadership journey, and a little bit more about Dave. And really, I'd love to encourage our listeners to kind of lean in to explore. And I love also that you're writing a memoir about a family member. You're reminding me of our recent conversation with Linda about how legacies illuminate puzzles. Yes. And it's a wonderful way to honor 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 our loved ones. And you're reminding me as we're about to honor our matriarchs. Very grateful for that yes. opportunity over the next two weeks. Just thanks, Dave, for popping in and dropping some Dave gems with us. And I have one a great more chance to get to learn a little bit more about you in between group social coaching sessions. What, what's That's right. What, what, what one one last you? thing is that that I'm totally stoked about um, is the Tucson Festival of Books. You know, I've been trying for years to get um, recognized as an a, a indie author. And so um, finally, after three plus years of trying, um, I, I get to be on the podium as an indie author and recognized as an indie author. So, um, just another thing that you know I work at, and, and you know over time, it's, it's about being resilient, right, and persistent to get into your goals. So, well, congratulations thing. and welcome, Cheryl. When when does the festival kick off? Um, it's March 9th and tenth. Um, and so it's a Saturday, Sunday, and I'll be doing some like live streaming like this and having conversation about the books and and people who are um, in Tucson, Arizona. So you know, Tucson Festival of Books is is really a. Will yeah. it be part of your podcast, or will you go live on LinkedIn or YouTube or all of the above? All of the above. Okay, yeah. we we will find you in multiple locations, and we'll get Dave to drop lots of those gems and links. When I asked Dave for a podcast to listen to, Dave said there were over two seventy. Yeah. We now know he's got nine books. Tenth is on the way. And as Leslie's saying, congratulations. And thanks again, Dave, for popping in today to share some gems with us. And thanks for popping in to listen. So whether you're listening live or for replays, please let us know your gems, what's coming up for you around our conversations. And I hope you have a magnificent day filled with opportunities and possibilities. Stay safe, stay well, stay inspired, stay in touch, and take great care. Be well, and thanks again for joining us today. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.